Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode for you today, don't we, Scotty? Super special. Way Shout special. out to Pornhub. It's National Nut Day. Yeah. I don't think that's the nut they mean. We actually thought for a minute it was Reptile Awareness Day. But, but you know, fuck Reptile Awareness Day. <laughs> you know, nuts are more important. <laughs> nuts are so important. Um, So our inductee this week is none other than John Daly. Yeah. Our first golfer inductee. Um, but before we get into all that, Scotty, first, why don't you hit me with the scoreboard stumper? All right. Scoreboard stumper is as follows. What player holds the record for the most World Series home runs? Is it Babe Ruth? Is it Mickey Mantle? Is it the Iron Horse Lou Gehrig or Hank Aaron? We'll find and we'll check back in with that later. Tweet of the week actually uh, comes from Roddy White. He's talking about Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who's you know predicted to go number one overall, highly touted. Um, he said, "If I'm Trevor Lawrence, it's the jet. If the Jets finish finish with no wins, I just go back to Clemson. I don't want any part of that organization." Suggesting that he just goes back to college if he's got to play for a crappy team. I got a newsflash for you, Roddy White. No matter who drafts first, they're going to be a crappy team. <laughs> right. Joe Burrow went to the Bengals. You think he was exactly <laughs> thrilled about it? You know, you're not going to the Patriots. I remember, too, like... The Dolphins hmm. are kind of in okay shape right now. They could end up with a high pick. Someone said that the reason they were testing Tua out right now was to see if they wanted to draft Trevor Lawrence next year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, know. Jeez. Trevor Lawrence, that chick is hot. That chick um, is so hot. That hot chick Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, hot chick Trevor Lawrence. Um... You know, I, I I was maybe thinking even like a Philip Rivers Eli Manning situation. You know, trade draft. You know, see what happens. Someone was saying that even if the Bengals end up with the first pick, that they'd be stupid to pass on Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. What can you get for a used Joe Burrow? <laughs> can you imagine. <laughs> Joe, you could probably get three first-round draft picks for Joe Burrow right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. He, I bet John Elway would give you three first-round draft picks for Joe Burrow. He will be used okay. goods after the uh, Bengals' offensive line is done with him. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's been sacked like 30 times. That's like the equivalent of like five years of tread on the tires. Yeah. He's getting beat down. All right. Well, now let's get into our um, our scroll if you will, of notable jabronis. Yes. We've got a long list today. Indeed, we to catch up from our missed week. We got just a whole lot of jabronis. I'll go ahead and get us started. Um, we're gonna start with John Ross uh, from the local Cincinnati Bengals. Um, after performing poorly and you know being sent to the bottom of the depth chart, and then eventually. A clean scratch, as in not injured but not dressing. He is now asking for a trade. Yeah, he wants to be traded. Like, I'm sorry, when you're like a healthy scratch. Yeah. The way you get on another team at that point is you get released, and yeah. then someone picks you up. No one's trading for John Ross. <laughs> 
He'll go to the Jets. Can you imagine being a practice squad player being like, I demand a trade? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Who are you? <laughs> yeah, like, I think he has two catches this year or something. You've lived a privileged life. If you think yeah. as, a, as a healthy scratch player, the number seven receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> that you can demand a trade. You're not Antonio Brown. Yeah. It's the equivalent of Corky Miller, Corky Miller asking for a trade. <laughs> Sam LeCure's like, I demand a trade. Yeah. Um, next for Jabronis, we have the Atlanta Braves. Uh, <laughs> well, I always jabbernize one person. You always jabbernize like an entire demographic. <laughs> the, the, my umbrella of jabbernization is vast. Um, so, sorry to you, Braves. You fall under the umbrella. I can't stand the Dodgers. The last time I would root for you, I'd, I would root for the Dodgers if they're playing the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Yankees, and that's saying something. Um, I hate them. And the Braves blew a 3-1 series lead to the Dodgers, who then just blew past them straight into the World Series. And they're already up one game to nothing against the Rays. So I'm just, I'm bl- maybe I'm just th- casting blame as well as jabber, you know, jabbernizing here. I think you're just butthurt because they knocked our team out of the playoffs. <laughs> 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 who else we got? Oh, okay, we've got... We've got Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, they they were caught in a Tom Brenneman-like scenario where they didn't realize their mics were on. Yeah. We'll just go ahead and roll the clip. Check out what they said about um, an, an air. It's a flyover. It's a flyover before a game. Uh, for, for the Buccaneers game. That's a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now, partner. Who's next, Gaddy? Harrison Butker for the... Uh, Harrison Butker. Yeah, I like a real Butker. Um, <laughs> for the Kansas, he's the place kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is four extra points. This just Yeah, four. Yeah, I mean, it's if, if it comes down to kicking, uh, the Chiefs don't want to exactly be leaning on his leg. Yeah, I lost my fantasy game because of Butker's uh, field goal that he kicked <laughs> at the end of the game. So I especially, I especially feel uh, the jabroni vibes on that one. Yeah, that's ex- that's that's horrible. I'm sorry. It was devastating. <laughs> All right, and we got one more uh, football jabroni. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Man, things are falling apart for the Cowboys. Two fumbles. Don't feed Zeke. Yeah, um, apparently the only person who's fumbled more than Ezekiel Elliott in the last two years is Daniel Jones. <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, the quarterback for the Giants. Oh. <laughs> you were serious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like generic white guy. Hey, Dan Jones. <laughs> you basic. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, you basic. That might have to be a new segment. Okay. I mean, we can f- feed feed Zeke, but you know, tell him to wash his fingers first. So, without further ado, we'll get into our first golfer inductee into the Legends of Sportsball Hall of Fame, John Daly. John Daly was born April 28, 1966, in Carmichael, California, to Jim and Lou Daly. The Daly family moved around small towns in the southern states for most of John's early life, but he began loving and learning golf at the age of five. When John was 10, his family moved to Orange County, Virginia, where he would learn to play golf, play at the golf course in Locust Grove, 
When he was just 13, John won the Spring Club Championship, defeating all the male members. The club quickly changed the rules, barring minors from entering the tournament henceforth. In his high school years, John would be a letterman in golf and football, handling kicking and punting for Elias High. We got another kicker inductee. Yeah. <laughs> He's as big as Seabass. In, in 1983, John was the Missouri State Championship cha- champion with his high school golf team. That year, he also won the Missouri State Amateur Championship. Uh, John would follow that up with winning the 1984 Arkansas State Amateur Championship and would spend that summer befriending Rick Ross, a golf teaching professional. Ross would spend the next several years with John, improving and polishing John's game. Daly would attend Arkansas University from 1984 to 1987 on a golf scholarship. He butted heads with his coaches over his drinking problems and his infrequent attendance record. In 1986, John qualified for the U.S. Open, one of the four major championships in professional golf, as an amateur. Unfortunately, he missed the 36-hole cut with scores of 88 and 76. John would finish college without completing his degree and turn to pro in 1987, quickly winning the Missouri Open that same year. Over the next few years, John would start to launch the ball off the tee with force and distance that had never been seen on the golf course, earning him the nickname Long John, as well as The Lion. His swing was self-taught and built on raw power and distance. On a 630-yard par 5 in New Jersey, Long John was able to reach the green in just two strokes. Daly continued to play in smaller tournaments in the late 80s with a Boastful long game, but a very delicate short game. By 1991, Long John finally decided to join the PGA Tour with the best golfers in the world. Some happy Gilmore vibes there. Yep, launching it. John got an invitation to the 91 PGA Championship, but as the ninth alternate after golfer Nick Price dropped out, Daly reached the side of the tournament after driving through the night to Crooked Stick Golf Club near Indianapolis to claim his spot. He did not receive a practice round as the other golfers had. Playing in only his third major and virtually unknown, Daly was able to shoot a 69-67-69-71 over the weekend, earning him his first major victory. Long John, from practically an anonymous rookie to an international star over the course of four days. He was the first rookie to win a major since 1976 and would also win Rookie of the Year for 1991. Over the following years, Daly would show night and day performances on tour with his grip-it-and-rip-it approach. He was often seen striking balls with a cigarette dangling in his lips, rocking his signature mullet, and flaunting his bad boy persona. John was suspended in 1994 for walking off the course mid-round and throwing his scoring card and pencil at the scorer's tent. Needing change, John entered a three-week alcohol rehab, then returned to the tour and won the Bell South Classic, which he claimed as his first win sober. In 1995, John won his second major in a playoff against Constantini Roca. Due to his past behaviors, John was not selected to the Ryder Cup team, making him the only player to win two majors and not be selected. Daly would struggle over the subsequent years, dropping out of the tournament after citing shakes from alcohol and exhaustion. He also set a tournament record of posting a score of 18 on a single hole in 1998. <laughs> well done. Are you too good for your home? <laughs> Time to go home there, ball. Son of a bitch, ball. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. 
Suck my white ass balls! Off the course, Daly coped with alcoholism and difficult marriage issues. While on the course, he toiled in inconsistency. John wouldn't win another PGA tournament until 2004 at the Buick Invitational, his first win in 189 PGA events. His big persona lived on, though. John would be featured on a Kid Rock song (laughs) and then would go on to record an album of his own in 2002 titled My Life. Life. Yeah, My Life. (laughs) And another studio album in 2010 called I Only Know One Way. John was a notorious gambler. Claiming to have lost fifty to sixty million over a fifteen-year span, Jeez. just on gambling. That's wild. By March two thousand eight, John's alcohol problem had gotten to its tipping point, with his swing coach Butch Harmon quitting, and was quoted saying, "The most important thing in Daly's life is getting drunk." Clearly rattled, Daly responded, "I think his lies kind of destroyed my life for a little bit." In October of 2008, Daly was arrested and taken into custody after being found drunk outside of a Hooters. Mm. It was soon after that Daly committed to sobriety, which saw a resurgence in his resurgence in his golf game and a positive change in his personal life. Daly is in partnership with Loudmouth Golf Equipment, which included licensing deals with the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, John also has a company, JD Designs, that has designed six golf courses, including one which received Course of the Year honors for Golf Week magazine. John continues to play in various tournaments and is still recognized as one of the most popular golfers, drawing fans from all over the globe who want, who want to see him hit it hard. Hit it hard, John. So, yeah, big ups to John Daly. Yeah. Our uh, number six inductee. Yeah. Supposedly, he used to be seen, like, shoeless with a Budweiser and a cigarette. <laughs> Driving balls, just, yeah. He, came, he got kicked off a few courses in his time. <laughs> All right, so without further ado, let's get that scoreboard stumper answer. Oh, that scoreboard stumper. Let's pull that right back up. We were at World Series Trivia. The question was, what player holds the record for the most World Series home runs? Is it Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle? Lou Gehrig or Hank Aaron? I would guess Mantle. Ooh, Mickey Mantle is correct. Nice, that's a lucky guess. Fun, fun stat here: Mickey Mantle played in twelve World Series. Wow. Yeah, he holds the record for the most World Series home runs with eighteen. He also holds World Series records for most runs with forty-two, RBIs with forty, and total bases with one hundred and twenty-three. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, twelve fall classics. Who would have thought Mickey Mantle was a great player? I know, right? <laughs> but, but that's the thing: twelve World Series. You know, you see like the Reds. It's like he's like the Bill Russell of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we've got confessional thoughts and prayers. I'll just dive right in with my confessional. Uh, episode five, our last episode a couple weeks ago, I was um, praying for the performance of my new Cleveland uh, Browns running back, D. Ernest Johnson, who I <laughs> casually referred to as D. Ernesto Johnson. D. Ernesto, <laughs> which is like could be something else entirely, but he's not a football player. In the NFL. <laughs> So my apologies to you, Darnus Johnson. Best of luck to you and your Cleveland Browns. You got anything for me, Scotty? Yeah. Um, uh, thoughts are with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Well, not only is their season going bad, but also um, they lost their 
longtime beat writer. When the Vikings first became a team, they had one beat writer, and he, I think, retired like a few years ago, and he died um, died Monday at the age of a hundred. Wow. So thoughts and thoughts and prayers with the Minnesota thoughts Vikings. Thoughts and prayers family. to the Vikings. Haven't yeah, definitely having a tough year. Dalvin Cook went down. Obviously, Kirk Cousins not having the year they had hoped. You know, yeah. um, Justin Jefferson's a bright spot for them. Uh, Anthony Barr went down at the beginning of the year <sighs> yeah. for them. He's like, was Mike Zimmer's first ever draft pick. Yeah. So he was like the heart of that defense. So I really hope Zimmer doesn't lose his job. I do just because the Bengals could use a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring him back. He's not I coming would, back. Yeah, like uh, that's what they should have done the first time. Yeah, like when he got offered the Vikings job, we should just meet him our head coach. But that's, that's a whole other conversation entirely for a whole other time for a whole other episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, get on our website for next week's inductees. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Check out other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and more. Find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at L Sports Ball on Twitter at the letter L Sports Ball. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you always. Well, I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I'd love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. up by now all the rough i've seen these ups and downs somehow i just keep on playing through so all you critics pull up a chair at the winner's circle soon i'll be there with a high five and a smile for you hit it hard man Tell me how to live my life These lawyers and strings Spending money like my ex-wives Sure I gamble and I drink And smoke three packs a day Hell, ain't country music Supposed to be this way It's from the heart, man I hit it hard, man oh, yeah.
I hit it. 